Welcome to the Vacation Effect Podcast, where we discuss time and lifestyle hacks for the busy entrepreneur, helping you grow your business even faster by working less and having a lot more fun. Now, here's your host, Denise Gosnell. Welcome to today's episode of the Vacation Effect Podcast. This is Denise Gosnell, your host. And today I decided to do a special edition for you with all this craziness going on in the world right now at the time I'm recording this with the coronavirus. So today we're going to talk about how to thrive in uncertain times. I've got a special guest for you today, Lou Diamond, who you are going to love. And he's going to share a lot of great nuggets on how to thrive in uncertain times, how to create opportunities out of a chaos, how to um, build virtual teams and communicate better virtually when you've got your whole house full of your family members that are home because schools are closed and work, you know, everyone's working virtually. So we've got a great conversation of information that you need to know right now and you can apply today in your companies. So let me give you a quick background on Lou before we jump into a great conversation. So Lou Diamond is a dynamic speaker and master connector who will energize and motivate your organization to explode your sales, retain your clients, and build a thriving culture. For over 25 years, he has been a a top sales performer, keynote speaker, and performance mentor. Lou is a consultant, best-selling author, podcast and TV host, and CEO of Thrive, a company focused on helping businesses, leaders, and brands become even more amazing through the power of connecting. He has consulted, mentored, and presented to hundreds of companies the world over. Lou inspires audiences to feel they can conquer the world and make tons of great new connections doing it. I'm so excited to have Lou on today to help us talk about how to thrive in uncertain times. Welcome to the show today, Lou. I am equally excited, Denise, to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's really interesting for us. You know, the day that we're recording this, we've got the uh, coronavirus uh, outbreak happening around the world. And I thought this gives you and I, Lou, a great opportunity to chat about how people can thrive in uncertain times. You know, I, I know your brand is all about thriving and thriving loud. Um, can you tell me a little bit about more about your brand and what it stands for? And then we can fit it into the discussion of today. Sure. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Denise, I, I love to tell people I was put on this planet to work with the most amazing organizations, leaders, and top performers and brands and help them thrive through the power of connecting. And whether it's you're a leader, a salesperson, a marketer, a messenger, those are the folks that I work with the most to help them connect best to who their ideal target is. And it's been something I've been naturally good at my entire life. And I realized that a lot of the natural skills I had were very coachable and trainable skills. So organizations will have me come in to try to get their teams to thrive. And what I've learned is that when you do connect, you do thrive. Yeah, let's let's talk more about that. Um, you know, in in scary times like right now, when you know you and I are both in our homes right now with our families in the other rooms, and schools have been canceled. <laughs> My daughter's school's canceled for a month. Your son's college has been canceled for a month. It's like, you know, how can we stay sane and um, optimistic when everything around us seems so uncertain? And you know, stocks yeah. are tanking, and your portfolios are going down. You know, my daughter's five twenty nine took a big hit, which I think it'll come back. So I'm not freaking out. Are you? I mean, I learned something because I worked on Wall Street for a long time, Denise, and I learned this very important role. It's never as good as it seems, nor as bad as it seems. And it's, that's the highs and the lows. And obviously, markets react in certain ways. And this is serious. I mean, you're, you're, the whole globe is taking a chunk out of time. But we don't, we, the uncertainty is what causes the, 
the danger and the fluck and the and the virtual and the volatility in our markets. I'm right. laughing right now because we're talking about our kids in the other room. Uh, someone sent out a great meme. And by the way, the memes, if you want to be cheered up in this environment of uncertainty, look at some of the humor that people are pulling together. This one's my favorite. It says, parenting during the coronavirus shutdown. Day one, it shows a picture of Mary Poppins. And right next to it, day three, is Miss Hannigan from Annie with a bottle of whiskey. Uh, <laughs> God, I love it. So I, I, I think, look, everybody is dealing with stress in a weird way. Uh, we. I have older kids who have just been supplanted from their senior in high school and the middle of college, and they, they've been trying to grow their independence, and now they're they're stuck inside. Uh, people who normally go to go to the office now are being sent to work at home virtually. They're not as familiar doing it. Some of them, and there are people who actually do work home virtually who now have many more people in the home or working around them, and it's changing their schedule, and it's changing everybody's lives. Uh, people are adapting to working in a way that they used to and trying to figure out how to work in this weird, this is a weird vortex we're in, right? This is, we're recording this on the 18th of March. And I mean, I was actually looking forward today to filling out my NCAA bracket grid, right? And there is no sports. There's no escape. We're in this weird spot. So for, to get people to thrive right now is really challenging because we first have to get everybody to kind of breathe. And I know that sounds really basic, but um, the, the actions that are being taken by government and everything are really for the benefit of the masses. It's, as you said, it's not so beneficial for the markets right now. And I, I know that this too shall pass. So a lot of what people can do is, um, I actually got some great recommendation just on an overall view from a, from a good colleague of mine. Can I share that with you? Um, Absolutely. Denise, I think your listeners will like this. This comes from Ron Suber, who is a fintech guru. He's been a leader in many different companies. And I spoke with him yesterday because he was helping to promote something I'm working on, which we'll talk about later. And he gave me four bits of advice, which was this. And I think this is great for the business professional out there. Love your employees. That means communicate with them, understand that they're all going through these very unique times. So just know, put them as the top priority for you. Love your best clients. Reach out to those that are your best clients you do your best business with and make sure you know they're okay and understand their needs, where they are. Recognize that this is now, let's focus on the second quarter, Q2. <laughs> this, we're in a part right now where we have no idea what's going to go. So what we can do is kind of plan the best we can to connect with those at this time so that when that uncertainty maybe starts to get a little more certain, we can figure out ways to stay connected to those that... Um, that help our business, help our lives, help ourselves as we get into the second quarter. And the last part, which I thought was his best bit of advice, was sleep. And I joke about this, that we need a, we're under a lot of stress and we're under a lot of uncertainty, as you mentioned and we talked about. Mm -hmm. If you want to be the best prepared person, if you want to do your new world better, if you want to do virtual better, if you want to do everything you can as we're looking forward, you're going to need to be really rested up and we're underestimating how this uncertainty is probably messing with us. So when you have a chance to get a good night's sleep, go to sleep early. Don't, don't binge watch every single program on Netflix. Uh, just try to find a way to get into a normal routine. And that'll be, a, that'll be my starting point here for our conversation. Hopefully that's a good way to kick us off. I thought Ron did a good job summarizing this. I want to give him a shout out. Yeah, what's Ron's last name again? Super, S-U-B-E-R. Like, okay. Not super, but he, he can be. Cool. Yeah, those are actually 
some great strategies. And I, you know, would like to dig deeper into what you just said on the, um, the whole idea of, you know, not, not getting sucked into watching Netflix all day long for me, like this is a great time to do planning for the year and to really get clarity on, you know, what, what are my next, um, big moves. And, you know, I do that on a regular basis anyway, but like, it's just, there's some quiet, there, there's some beautiful quiet space in between all the noise. Yeah. And, and I didn't mean to undermine the, you know, the, the pandemic and the, the chaos that's going on right now. When I said, I'm not worried about my daughter's 529 and the stock's <laughs> coming back. I just mean that in a cyclical way, like panicking never serves us. You know, the, that that's, you know, so I don't want anyone to think I'm not taking this seriously. I just wanted to clarify that. But, you know, back to the point, though. You know, <laughs> it's back, your show. Yeah. I think everyone is taking it seriously. But it's yeah. Good. Yes. yeah, but back to the, you know, the space between, there, there's beauty in between the chaos when there's, when there's silence, the yeah. planning and, and the strategizing. So let's talk, if we could, about the, um, you know, opportunities and stepping, as entrepreneurs, you know, this show, as you know, is all about helping busy entrepreneurs thrive mm-hmm. in their lives, you know, um, with your time, business, and growth hacks. So in the midst of chaos, Let's talk about what kind of opportunities you see there being for us to rise as leaders and to bring people together, to generate revenue, to share that revenue with others, keep people employed. What opportunities do you see? I have my own opinions on it, but I want to hear yours. Uh, Sure. So I I love this. This is an example I learned from, um, I guess it's, I can't believe it's 19 years ago from uh, when, when 2001 and 9-11, because I was, I was right there at ground zero when everything happened. And the whole world was put into shock. And, and I remembered this, this thought, we're all in the same boat. Uh, the difference is those that actually pick up and paddle and start to grab the oar and row. And that's, that's what happens. So everyone has their own way to deal with this stuff. A lot of people will, will fret and worry and, and look, I'm, I'm a professional speaker. Events got canceled you know, for almost an entire quarter's worth or postponed or shifted. This is a huge hit on, on livelihood. And, and what I did was I picked up my oar, started paddling and said, okay, everyone's got to go virtual. And I've been virtual for a very long time. And I work with teams on how they can be better virtual. I bet a lot of people don't know this. And that's actually how we created Thrive Virtually. So um, opportunities are obviously, this is what's going on right now, how we can do this better. You and I are, are working via Zoom communication, which is the only stock I think up during, <laughs> during this time right now. And Amazon, I think. And Amazon, yeah. People yeah. are shopping and all the grocery stores. <laughs> yeah. And I can't even imagine what they would be like uh, or anyone that makes toilet paper. But mm-hmm. uh, the, way, the way I really look at this is you have to figure out what problem can you solve during this time and can you shift? Uh, I love the expression, you know, when, when times change, it's time to change. And that is actually such an important way to think about it. Okay, this is pretty significant. And this might be, for those market folks out there, this might be a U-shaped type thing. As you were saying, things will come back. I'm kind of in your boat there. Uh, and it's pretty, but this is very serious what's happening because they have to, as they've been explaining, all the leaders and health officials, they're trying to flatten this curve, which is spreading it out more, which is a smart thing to do. Uh, and there are so many other questions. When will sports come back? When will we be able to aggregate in groups of more than 10, 20, 50, whatever it might be, right? So what you need to do is whatever your superpower is, and mine happens to be connecting, as you heard, bringing people together to thrive. Let's connect and do virtual right now as best as we can. Let's plan for when we're able to eventually get back 
what we can do. How can we bridge the gap there? That's where my mind goes in this space. So I think a lot of people are trying to do this. And the great thought leaders, the ones who are picking up the oar and are rowing, that's exactly what they're doing because they know they don't want to be stuck. We want to keep moving forward, even though it feels like we're not moving at all. Hopefully that's a good start for our conversation. I'll, I'll take your opinions here too. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And I, I agree with what you're saying. And I love how you gave the example, which we'll go into more in here in a little bit, um, on how you noticed the opportunity that people needed, you know, people were thrown into a scenario of having to work virtually, and you've been doing that for a long time. And so now you're, um, you know, leveraging that opportunity to help people and also, you know, keep, keep revenue coming in when your other live events may not be happening. Yeah. And so that's an example of you noticing an opportunity and seizing it and adding value to the world while you, your business continues to, to profit or make, you know, make revenue from it as well. Um, so, you know, an example for myself is that across, you know, my three companies, one of my companies is a law firm and I've got a number of clients that are having to cancel events for obvious reasons um, mm -hmm. with all the government mandates and everything. And I'm proactively reaching out to all of them and we're figuring out whether they've got insurance that'll protect them and whether we can get the force majeure to get them out of this big hotel contract because right. the hotel still wants them to have the event. And it's like, I can't tell you how grateful they are to me for proactively helping them solve their problems. So I wanted to tie that back to something important you said, Lou, about how whatever your recommendation was, whatever your superpower is, figure out how to use that now to help fill a need and how to also plan for the, for the second quarter. If I, did I hear that? Correctly? Yeah, no, that's, that's right there. Okay. Or for, yeah. yeah get, get, figure out what's, what we have now and how we could bridge the gap would be the way I'd like to say it. Okay, perfect. So my superpower is problem solving. Yep. And so right now I'm, I'm literally doing what you were saying, Ron Suber had recommended. It's like loving your best clients and understanding their needs. It's like figuring out what's keeping them up at night and then figuring out a solution because guess what? Um, is, you know, in terms of prote protecting my own revenue for my companies, if I can show immense value to my clients and the time they need it most, guess what the last expense is that they're going to cut? It's going to be mine because they're not going right. to see it as an expense. They're going to see it as a bottom line booster. And that's think, an example. Yeah, and I think you're right on, Denise. This, this is, look, numbers are getting hit across the board. You can't be a nice to have. You have to position yourself as I can't live without. And, and that is actually what great companies do because it, there's an expression of, you know, price and value. Look, everyone is going to try to figure out, okay, I now need to deal with this particular issue. Maybe the issue that you're dealing with is my sales just got chopped. I lost a month of the year from the month of March. So, okay, it looks like I can direct some of this into different angles or I have to reshift budgets or reshift time. What can I do to get my people connected so they can think not just selling today. Maybe they're supposed to be thinking of creative solutions to be selling three months from now. Meaning, what's the plan? Something that they could roll out. What are the things you could do for your clients that are going to help them most? I love that example that your clients are trying to figure out how to deal with this uh, contract they have with the hotels who, by the way, are getting crushed. And I'm going to yes, give a flip-flop of this. Listen, listen to what we're doing here. So one of the shows that I have, I have a podcast show like you called Thrive Loud. And what spun off of it, which I partnered with this group called Bedside Reading. Bedside Reading Authors That Thrive is a podcast show that I host, and I partnered with uh, the head of Bedside Reading, Jane Eubelmeyer. And Jane offered this incredible program where authors um, put their books in high-end hotels, best-selling books, if you would, best-selling authors in these very boutique hotels. So literally, you're sitting at the bed in your hotel, and now you get a book. And it's, it's free for that. It's great marketing, but you're, getting, you're giving it to somebody that's a leader and a CEO in a company. 
In addition, we do a podcast that plays in that hotel. It literally is in the lobby. It's in, it, you can download and you see images of everywhere. It's great marketing for that particular uh, author. Okay, no one is in hotels right now unless you've been displaced from the country and you can't get back to where you're living because right. everyone's either at home or recommending not going out and no one's traveling to the events. So the hotels are, are really getting hurt. And in some cases, you'll hear stories, this might be very, very difficult for people to come back. Some unbelievably forward-thinking, grab-your-or type of hotels are actually calling bedside reading and say, let's do a live virtual interview and we're going to sponsor and promote it so that when people are ready to come back, they'll know what they can get, chance to connect to this author, chance to get this special thing the next time that they start opening the doors. This is forward-thinking. This is what I'm talking about looking down the road saying at some point or another, they're going to need to come back and use my hotel, my facility, need a room. We're going to be there for them and give them more value than they've had as opposed to saying, oh no, I'm going to have to cut costs and do this. No, think forward and keep moving forward. Yeah, that's a great example of thinking outside the box. And a couple of other examples of thinking outside the box to add to that list is, for example, a videography company that right now is having all of their live events canceled. Yeah. Well, guess what? They have a prime opportunity to team up with someone like you and or their clients that are canceling the events and said, hey, how can we host this event virtually? Even though we're canceling the physical version at the hotel, how can we do a virtual version of this? I've got the technology. I can, you know, I can help you guys interact with your participants and do breakout rooms. Zoom lets you do breakout rooms. You know, what, like that, that's the conversation that the video guy can be having with every customer who's canceling on him and helping create a win-win for himself and for them so that they don't lose the revenue. He doesn't lose the revenue. So that's one example. Another example yeah. of thinking outside the box. You know, um, there you just gave the example of the hotels thinking outside the box. One of my clients that we canceled their hotel contract yesterday is um, having a call with the hotel today that they wanted to talk about how to think outside the box and what other things they can do together. Right. So it's like like looking. C call for me the up. Let's get on the phone with them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I just want to plant the seed for yeah. all the entrepreneurs listening to this that this really is like don't be afraid to seize the opportunity to say, what have I, you know, what have I been missing before that's right underneath my nose Then now that I'm not able to travel as freely that I can leverage, you know, this, the whole virtual idea or maybe it's not all about virtual. There's other things beyond virtual as well. Maybe it's an online promotion you'd always wanted to do, or what are some other examples you can think of that aren't just virtual? Yeah. Well, so it's a great example. I'm going to, I'm going to rewind the clock now, I guess 12 years or 11 and a half years when when, the, when Lehman went, uh, went belly up in chapter 11 and the markets went bananas. And I was working on Wall Street at the time at, at Merrill Lynch, who, who got acquired by Bank of America. And it was the most unsettling time ever in the financial economy up till that point, up till this point, I guess. And what was really interesting was what, what happened inside of me during that time. I was working for someone else. I was not a, an entrepreneur, although I had this entrepreneurial spirit. And that's the key thing I think we're looking for and what your listeners will love. During that time, I did exactly what you were talking about I re and what Ron Suber mentioned, love your best clients. I went out to every one of my best clients and said, how can I serve you best right now? And we were dealing with incredible market turmoil. I could literally tell you, I don't want to go to the extremes of the specifics here, but I spent 36 straight hours in an office and they had a cot for me someplace because we had to reprice all of markets and it was a very crazy wild time. But it was, it was something that these clients of mine to this day, even though I'm not in that world anymore, still remember the efforts that you put forward. It is during these times of crises when those that grab the oar and start paddling 
get recognized. And it does come back to help you. And it also is a phenomenal lesson in recognizing the most important thing that we look about as entrepreneurs. And that is the world is always changing and we always have to adapt. And that is how you thrive moving onward and upward. And remembering that it doesn't, it's not always the same, even though I've been doing well in one particular thing does not mean I'm going to continue to do well in the future. Things always have to adapt and change. You change with it. I love that expression, thrive onward and upward. You know, the world yes. is always changing. That is so, so very true. Um, and I'm wondering, we just touched on the, you know, the virtual meetings idea. Yeah. Um, can you share what you and I were talking about before we started the interview about how, you know, the whole world has been thrown into working virtually and what that means? Yeah. <laughs> this is the craziest thing. And, and Denise, I'm glad you brought this up because it's still, I'm still laughing about what's going on. Let's just take the situation here that someone has right now. Maybe someone in the home had been working virtually uh, before. Maybe uh, if you're a, a married couple, maybe one partner worked at home and the other worked in an office. Like me and my husband. I work from home. Okay. He, he's not a tech guy. I'm virtual. He's not. <laughs> okay. So in this particular case, let's just say your husband just got physically thrown out of his office because he's not allowed to go there. And now he has to work from home. You have to work from home and you have other kids that might not be in school right now because maybe school is closed. And, and yep. for many people in the Northeast, that's very true. And I think it's true in, in lots of other places. So with all of this going on, there's so much disruption in even the way that we work. And what someone used to be used to going to an office now has to deal with being virtual for the first time and is a little rusty with it. And what you tend to try to do is to mimic what you were doing in the regular physical office world or the way you met in person and try to carry that over virtually. And to someone like yourself who's used to working virtually, time has just changed a little bit because you don't have maybe as long of a window as you used to because of the other individuals either having conference calls, meetings, classes, homeschool, whatever it might be running around your house. This is uplifting for two reasons. It's uplifting because it's scary and it gets you out of your seat trying to figure out what to do, but it also gets me excited because this is the perfect opportunity for everybody to kind of assess how we can do this better. Um, even yourself who's been working virtually, I guarantee you there's certain habits or things that you've done that probably aren't optimized maybe the way they are. And now you kind of have to really work in very tight timeframes my Thrive Virtually workshop, which I'm actually, uh, we've launched this program because of, of demand. People have been asking for it. We're doing this jumpstart workshop this week. We'll do that in a plug section. But the general idea here is that you can always look at what you're doing and try and figure out how to maximize it. Whether it's the communication tools we're using right now, whether it's uh, conference calls or meetings, are you doing them the best way you could be doing them? Uh, can I give a quick example here that I think you'll like? You really yes, love please do. I'd like to actually go deeper on a couple points you made. So here's the first. Uh, I have a good friend of mine, colleague. He has a business, and, and these, they work in different geographies and locations, so technically they're virtual from one another, but they usually are in their own place. And even in the regular working environment, this individual would have half-hour phone calls with the key leads in these different areas around the, around the country. Well, now these people have been uplifted and put into their houses. So he was trying to figure out now how to do it on a Zoom call or a conference call to figure out, can he still have all those meetings? 
Well, interestingly, the advantages of these incredible technologies we use is first of all, we can see each other all at once in one shot, whether it's a Zoom video conference call, and we could change the way we meet. Mm-hmm. So actually what I was sitting down with him yesterday and talking about was, I do this thing with sales groups. You remember the old sales meeting where everyone sits down and they give the one hour meeting where everybody talks about what they're working on and what opportunities in the pipeline and it goes around the room and it kind of becomes repetitive as I'm talking in this voice. It's like, oh, I have to hear the same thing each time. <laughs> right. I broke that up from other organizations. In fact, what I do, and I'm going to give this little teaser of advice for you because you're going to love this. Every meeting at one point during the day, if you're a manager, you're a head of sales, you're a head of a company, and you need to touch base with everyone, this is what I recommend you do. You pick a 10-minute window to see, and I stress the word see. I know a lot of people like to turn off their video cameras when they're at home virtually because they haven't showered or they've just worked out or they're wearing their pajamas. I want to make it clear. You've got to make it like you're going to work. We'll talk about some best practices of that, but Put yourself in a position that you can be visible for a 10-minute window with your top po- folks in your company. And you do the 10-minute update, which is really simple. You go around and touch base with the key leads and they, you share the following things. The three top things you're working on today and the one thing you need help with. You can go around and cover that in 10 minutes in for as up to, I think, up to like 15 to 20 people. It might only be after, even if you did it for five, it could be less. And then you break that meeting like a huddle, you clap hands and you go. A lot of things will come out of those things, priorities, one-on-one meetings, regular phone calls. It might not need to be on video call. But what you want to do is touch base and see one another. It's so important for us to see one another because we're not seeing each other. We're looking at a screen all day or we're stuck in our home and our desk dealing with kids and Lego blocks being moved all around the room. We need to be put in a spot where we have a chance to understand what everybody is, touch base with them, and then go do the work we do in a much more productive window. This, by the way, uh, was deployed this morning after I shared this with this leader yesterday. He called me up, he goes, how have I been doing it the old way for the last 13 years? I go, well, let's, let's, let's annualize that each year, what my cost is for 13 years, and maybe he could pay me for that. I don't know if that'll happen this week, but you yeah. get the idea. Great example, great best practice. I love that example. And it reminds me of a conversation that I had with uh, Mitch Russo. I don't know if you know Mitch or not. Mm-hmm. We were at the same event together last year. Yes, so you yes, probably yes, do. Of course. You, both, you both were icons of influence. But yeah. Um, yeah, so Mitch and I had a great conversation about having virtual pizza parties. So yeah, you know, yeah. so like, let's say even if delivery, even, even if pizza delivery isn't available in somebody's area or they don't want to do it, most people have frozen pizzas in their freezers right now, right? Stockpiled. <laughs> so like, what if you had a virtual pizza party across the team where everybody cooks their own pizza and it's supposed to be ready at noon Eastern or whatever. And everybody <laughs> eats pizza together on zoom, like having this, like, it. like you're sitting in the conference room together. So, you know, just to give more examples of ways that we can be building this virtual community with our teams. But I thought that was a really great idea of having a virtual lunch with your team. Yeah. Or um, virtual coffee with, if you're, yeah. if you're in the market, if you can't go meet someone for a networking opportunity, because you were going to go meet someone on your own career or new opportunity, have a virtual coffee. Uh, and I love this one company. Uh, I'll give them a shout out. They're a, a healthcare consulting company called HLN. They do a virtual happy hour every Friday at like 4.30. And whether you want to drink or not, everybody can bring their cocktail to the screen and they could talk about their fun moments of the week and funny stories and funny jokes. They share funny memes, but they're all on and it's actually a pretty fun social event. I think that's brilliant. Great way to use technology that brings us together a little better. Yeah. And I I think that's great. And, you know, 
So virtual happy hour, virtual pizza parties, you know, think outside the box, like one of the CEO mastermind groups that I'm a member of, they did a Maverick uh, Monday and I had another call already scheduled at the time, but they had everybody dress up in Maverick costumes that we may have worn to one of the other events. Maverick 1000, I don't know if you know Yannick Silver, it's all about experiences and the events we travel to, we wear costumes and stuff like that. But they did a virtual costume party of just hanging out with each other and giving each other love. And I thought that's just another example of how to continue building that community in a virtual way. Um, Now you mentioned, you know, looking at how we can do this better. So um, I wanted to ask you a couple clarifying points on that. Like me, I'm blessed to have a house where there's three floors and my husband, husband and daughter and I each have our own floor right now. I've got the, you know, 3000 square foot basement, my podcast studio to myself right now. My daughter's on the upper floor. My husband's on the main level. And like, like we got huge, you know, really fast internet. So we're not really being, we're not stepping on each other's toes too much right now, but that's not the case for a lot of people right now. People that have two or three kids at home, I just have one child, you know, like, can you tell me about what you meant about looking at how can we do this better or differently when we're all like kind of stepping on each other's toes? Can you give me yeah. some examples of what you're recommending to your clients in that scenario? Great, great question. And, and I want to make this clear that, I, that you have an ideal setup. And I will let you know that even with the ideal setup, there can be some issues with it as well, right? Because doorbells ringing, people you know, running through, people moving. Um, it, it, it's, it's tough when you, the more bodies in one place, the harder it is to maintain the environment you want. So here's the key. Um, one, you need to coordinate an organized schedule with everybody in your domicile. And I say that whether it's an apartment, townhouse, a big house, wherever you are, figure out the best way to work together and understand the most important priorities. In fact, that same message, what are the three things you're working on today that are most important and what do you need help with? And that what you need help with is maybe the most important piece. What do you know you need private time, quiet time? I have a conference call at 11 o'clock this morning. I really need an opportunity to do that in the office. Um, I've actually had situations where schedules got into such collision because there were so many overlapping things and so many busy things (laughs) <laughs> I remember this. I actually had a meeting in a closet once in a situation like that where it might not have been great for video, but <laughs> it, it, it was certainly great though because what it did was it, it, it kept people away and it recognized priorities of it. The other thing is to let everybody else know what those key times are. Hey, listen, please let's try and minimize noise and, and time at this point. The other thing I really recommend in that coordination of trying to do what works best for your work schedule, and we've been doing this here in our home this week, is we have a family walk at a set time every day. Um, we're actually going out, making sure you still get in your physical activity. This is going to sound weird. People who used to work in an office and had a commute to work, uh, they get a little disjointed when all of a sudden the commute has been taken out of their regular work day. And instead of utilizing that time productively, sometimes something bad happens, they start work way earlier and work even later and missed out on opportunities to take care of themselves. Uh, To the point that I mentioned earlier about sleeping and preparing for Q2, this is also making sure that you work at home, if you do this right, you can actually work less time, and I know this is right up your show's theme, less time, get more done faster in a much more productive window. And that could work out well. I'm actually working in shifts a little bit with my wife right now, just because we have a dog and the kids and we're balancing it out. So I had a heavy workload day today, but um, in two days, I actually have a lot of free time with that and we're balancing out that exact responsibilities. 
a great plan with those in your house. And then the next step is making that same communication plan with your team, with the team you work with the most at work. Understand what their needs are because that can help set the, the agenda and the schedule. Hey, everybody's got time to do that meeting in the afternoon. Let's do that. Today, though, we don't have that flexibility. We got to do it in the morning. See if that works. This is, it's about a five-minute exercise in having a conversation, understanding the agendas, coordinating schedules, and making it happen. That's the best starting point for making sure you're going to start to do the way you work better. I'm going to jump in now on this next part. How you work is just as important. I want to make this clear to all your listeners. Mm -hmm. Sitting on the couch in your PJs with the laptop on and the television on, on the left, trying to make yourself comfortable, which is something you would have never done in your own office or any workplace, although some workplaces have incredible flexibility to those that work at Facebook, Google, and Amazon. Uh, but I want to make it clear. Give yourself a kind of a working way of doing it. This isn't doing homework and studying and spreading out the papers and lying on the floor. This is getting yourself in a position that makes you the most productive. Uh, I know somebody that I work in a standing desk. I'll use that as an example. And a lot of people at work now work at standing desks in their, in their other office, but they might not have that at home. Maybe make a counter work shift for a little bit, balance things up a little bit, try and use the things in your house that you're the most comfortable working in. Understand that the couch, while that's more comfortable, is not going to get you the most productive. There's a fine balance between the two. Right. It's productivity and, and comfort. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm glad you, you pointed that out because the natural tendency would be to, like you said, sit at home on the couch with the laptop or the meal tray, you know, where you can put your laptop on it, <laughs> watching TV. And it's like, you just end up watching TV all day long, absorbing bad news and getting nothing done on the computer. That's not right. a good use of time. Like I've been closing my door in my office, getting dressed, wearing nice clothes as if I were traveling or leaving the office. And it, it's, it's a mindset that it, it gives you that state of mind. Like I'm open for business. I'm I'm finding opportunities. I'm adding value. I'm helping people. Like, that's the way I want to show up today. I'm not going to show up as, you know, gloom and doom. But, oh, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. We have to prepare and we have to be cautious and we have to take care of people. Yeah. But there's also, we got to show up in a certain way, too, in order to keep things together for our families and our communities. I also think it's a great example for the way your kids would view this as well. They want, if you make it lax, like you're working at home in a casual environment, especially if you have younger kids, the kids are going to see that this is a lax thing. It might not look any different than them sitting on the couch with the laptop watching the football game on Saturday if that's how you're also working for your work day. They're not going to distinguish the two. So it's important to say, hey, got serious stuff to do right now. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to be serious about it. I'm not trying to formalize your own personal thing. Find your right style. I will let you know, though, you have to start thinking about not just using my laptop because this is the way I'm going to do this. We don't know how long we may be displaced from where we're at. So therefore, getting something that's more routine, more professional, uh, I, I, to give you an idea, I used to work out of a laptop and unfortunately, Denise, my eyes have gotten terrible <laughs> and now I have a big monitor and a docking station and I can't work out of my laptop anymore because it's too small and I need more windows. So think about these things. Um, you and I are talking, I have a camera that's a much higher quality than just the regular one that's provided on a laptop lens. These are the difference between the basics and the best practices and you have to know what you're comfortable with. And that's, that's, by the way, some of the things that I'm trying to help people with and as they're transitioning in this weird 
transitional period. Definitely. Well, and, and I, I wanted to touch on something that you mentioned briefly a minute ago about that, you know, that I stand for at the vacation effect. And, yeah. you know, I'm all about helping busy entrepreneurs, you know, have both freedom in their business and continued business growth without having to pick one over the other. You know, there's the proverbial, you work less and your revenue suffers and you work too much and you have no free time. So I've been <laughs> helping entrepreneurs have both. Well, I think this is a great opportunity, as you, t- you mentioned briefly, to really see how inefficient we were before. Like, yes. it, it, like literally when you're having to share the household and the office space and the internet with different people in the house, it's like, it's like that forced hyper efficiency that comes when you're about to go on vacation, when you, you know, figure out what to get done in the least amount of time because you right. know you don't have that much time to spend on it. It's like, I, I would encourage everyone to take a look at how you're spending your time right now and notice how much you can get done and how, li- and, and how little time. Like, I think you'll be amazed at how much time you actually wasted in your normal day-to-day grind, that having this new environment gives you the opportunity to really be honest with yourself about how unproductive you were being so that when you do go back to, quote, the normal, you can do it with that fresh insight of saying, you know what, I'm not going to work 60 hours a week anymore because I've figured out I could get just as much done in 30 if I just cut out all the wasted shit I was doing before. I couldn't, I'm, I'm clapping and kudosing to that comment around you. And I've seen a lot of great, um, I saw a recent TEDx speech from someone in 2016. Her name will hit me in a minute. And, you know, figuring out the most efficient ways to work. And it's really, really important to recognize that you can get a lot done in a short amount of time if you give it the sense of urgency that it needs. And that'll free up a lot of other time on the back end. Exactly. So I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and, I'm, and I, have a, I have a weird day going on today because you and I are meeting today and I was actually building a lot of content for, for something that's coming up for this event. So I knew that was a lot of busy work I needed to take care of. Uh, but I set my day up in such a way that my afternoon was all external client communication and my morning was all developing a network and I had a window where I took the dog for a walk. So I made sure I uh, planned that out ahead of time. And a couple of days in advance, I'm even looking at it with, uh, with scheduling. Uh, can, can, we, can we talk about that really quickly? Because this sure. is probably the, the lifeline of my thing. And we joked about it. You know, I sent you a link uh, for our meeting that we had just for a conversation. And you're coming on my podcast show. And I use a lot of scheduling software with that. A lot of people who used to work in their own email environment or their Outlook thing don't have that. They just, you know, a meeting pops up and they have it and they're comfortable I use this for every form of my entire life right now. And it's really important that you schedule in these unique windows in your scheduling, block off the time. Like if you need to take care of the kids because um, your spouse has a certain window of time that they have to be focused on their call and that's been part of your daily plan, you got to block that stuff off so that you can balance effectively your your home life and this work life. It's going to maximize how it gets done. This is, we're all in this together, that whole big, we're all in one boat. Everyone's got to start rowing in the house to make sure that everyone helps everyone out. And I think that will create so much connection and joy rather than everybody being frustrated that they're all stuck together in one place. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. And, you know, like we might do it, um, you know, for our business, but, you know, not, we don't always do it, um, you know, adding our family's calendar to it as well, which is more important than ever when we're all in the same house together. So Uh, thank you for sharing that. And speaking of connection, um, any, any final advanced hacks on, I know you're a master connector. That's one of the things you're well known for, you know, whether that's the coronavirus pandemic and beyond, you know, what, what are, what's a nugget of connection tips you can give us on how to really master the power of connecting? 
Well, I'll, I'll keep it in the virtual regard so we keep everything on here. Every one of the social media mean, mediums or platforms today has great ways to utilize video conversations and chats and meetings. Mastermind groups are getting together across them, uh, utilizing those communications really for what they were meant for. I know this sounds really funny, but we kind of forget the fact that we're trying to connect ourselves when all these devices came together rather than post pictures of cats or really cool food dishes uh, or, or send very <laughs> funny pictures of today's drink special, the Quarantini, still one of my favorites. By the way. Uh, so remember that it, it's not about wasting your time there and worrying about FOMO or any of those things. It's actually designed to use it for what you need to be more productive. So in this time when everybody's connecting, I, I love to think of it this way, reach out to somebody that you haven't for a very long period of time and want to check in on their well-being. This, this goes into really seeing how everyone's doing because I think it's, it's vital. And I think it's also a great way to keep the flow going. I, I want to say this, our regular routines might have been chopped up, but it's opening the doors for us to kind of take a new look at things. And that could also be to hear different things. I had a conversation with someone yesterday I haven't spoken to in 20 years. And I actually learned about a whole new way that they're communicating and dealing with their clients. Phenomenal opportunity to do that. Use the windows of time. Use that time efficiently so you get a lot done in a short period of time. And use the other ends, not to go watch every Netflix show you want. I mean, although some of them are good and there's some good podcasts to listen to. But podcasts, you could do two things at once. So you True. Do, um, <laughs> unless, well, unless it's mine or yours. then Unless it's yes. so, yeah. so, so with this, I'll say... Um, in those other windows, reach out to people that you haven't talked to in a long time and try to unearth other connections that might have gone stale and use this as a chance to kind of regroup and recenter yourself. And I think that will enable you to be so much stronger on the rebound of this. Whenever this curve flattens or whenever the U-shaped economy hopefully bounces back, uh, this is the time that you're, you're building those relationships and those connections so you can be stronger on the rebound. Yeah, that's a great point, Lou. And the way I look at it is it's like, let's help elevate each other together. That's what it's all about. We're all going to learn it. something from each other in that process. And, you know, the version that we come out on the other side, I think will be better and stronger than the version we are today once we see it through. It doesn't mean there won't be ups and downs that we have to deal with, but I do believe there's a silver lining that'll be greater and stronger. And one of my own life missions is how can I make this the greatest thing that ever happened to me? Anytime I'm handed a lemon, like my house fire or a tragedy of losing someone or now this situation, how can I make this the greatest thing that ever happened to me? And I encourage everybody else listening to look at it that way as well. Right on board with you, Denise. Yeah, right thank board. you. Well, I know you've got some great things to offer um, the <laughs> listeners that we talked about before. Um, if, if people like more information about what we've been talking about here, what, what kinds of free resources and other resources can they check out on, on this stuff? So I'll make it simple for all your listeners. First of all, you can find me, the podcast, um, and everything that I do in Thrive at thriveloud.com and everywhere in social media at thriveloud, T-H-R-I-V-E-L-O-U-D. So that's where you can find the, the, every part of Lou Diamond that you want to know about me, the business, what we do, the podcast. Uh, specifically, when you head to that site, thriveloud.com, check out Thrive Virtually. Uh, we are helping basically people connect virtually better with all of these great lessons that we have taken from, I guess, the in-person world. And we've been shifting it to how you can do it virtually and digitally. Uh, we're actually doing workshops this week. We're calling it the Jump Start Workshop. 
uh, because in some cases, people literally need to jumpstart like a jump ball and get things going because they've never done it before. And some people have been doing it for a while and can use the batteries to get a little, little jolt. Uh, the jumpstart is a chance to find the, the basics and the best practices for how you can make working virtually better. And we're doing some workshops um, online, which you could find there and you could sign up for. And there'll be more to come because we have other programs, uh, the do's and don'ts of digital communication, uh, helping to train you how to deliver a great virtual presentation. This is a huge thing that is happening more and more. It, when you give a presentation in a room, it's a little different than when you have to do it in a virtual environment. So how to make your, uh, your, your virtual experience better. So all of that can be found at thriveloud.com and Thrive Virtually. Great. Well, thank you for sharing that resource. And thank you so much for jumping on with me and having such a timely and engaging conversation today. It's been great having you, Lou. Denise, truly my pleasure. Thank you for giving me the platform to do so. Yeah, my pleasure. And, and remember, everyone, freedom is a mindset, not a destination. Until next time. Thanks so much for listening. For more information about The Vacation Effect or for details on today's show, head over to our website at vacationeffect.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.